0: Welcome to the Next Level Occupational Therapy Podcast. My name is Kara Welke, Occupational Therapist and creator of the Next Level Occupational Therapy Platform. The goal of this podcast is to encourage, inspire, and motivate occupational therapy professionals to level up in their career, whether that be to start a new business, add a side job, and or to figure out how to be more satisfied in their current career. Hope you enjoy the show. My name is Kara Welke, occupational therapist and creator of the Next Level Occupational Therapy Platform. The goal of this podcast is to encourage, inspire, and motivate occupational therapy professionals to level up in their career, whether that be to start a new business, add a side job, and or to figure out how to be more satisfied in your current career. Thank you so much for listening to today's show, which is sponsored by our Therapy Business Builder Program, where we help healthcare professionals start the business of their dreams from the ground up. Also, be sure to join our free Next Level Occupational Therapy Facebook group. My goal with this podcast has been to interview as many occupational therapy professionals as possible who have started their own business so that you can learn from those that have already been through the process. It has been We have interviewed so many different people, and it's always exciting to um, learn from different occupational therapy entrepreneurs. And today, I am super excited to welcome Katie O'Day. Katie is an avid occupational therapist and the owner of two small businesses. She is the author of the Visual Activity Sort, which is an assessment tool for professionals looking to measure how individuals spend their time doing meaningful activities, She also has started a private mobile therapy clinic, Resilient Life Therapies, working with kids and adults in Portland, Oregon. She has a strong interest in pediatric mental health and has extensive training in neuroscience, particularly interoception and trauma-informed care. She uses a mindfulness approach to work with individuals on self-regulation, pain, and improving individuals' daily lives. She has worked in a variety of settings including acute care, schools, and clinics for both kids and adults. Katie has a love of nature including hiking, trips to the beach, and camping and she's currently at the beach working hard. Um, So thank you so much Katie for being here and let's just get started. Tell us about you and your two businesses.
1: Hi thanks for having me. Yeah I'm an occupational therapist in Oregon and I've been working on a side project, my visual activity sort, which really started when I was in grad school. Um, And it was, uh, I was tasked with partnering with a community organization and creating an innovative practice project. And so that's kind of where it all started. But currently I am working in a school district providing services under the IDEA and as a related service provider. Um, And I, jump back into acute care a lot of times in the summers and during breaks and such. Um, And yeah, right now I'm part of the cash-based business program through Next Level. And with that, I'm just in the developing parts of creating my own therapy business, Resilient Life Therapies. Um, And it's a mobile practice where I'm hoping to work and use my tool, the Visual Activity Sort, to work with both young adults and adults to increase their independence with day-to-day activities. That's exciting. And just
0: to clarify, so you have two businesses. Um, One business is the new one you're starting with the therapy business builder cash-based program, um, the resilient life therapies. And then the other one is focused on your assessment tool. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. The Visual activity sort is, uh, the, is really the assessment tool that I'm really excited about right now. I'm launching it at the American Occupational Therapy Associations INSPIRE, the virtual conference for 2021. So keep an eye out for me there if you're going to be attending that. Um, there'll also be a chance for, to win a free copy of the visual activity sort if you visit my virtual booth at the conference. Um, so awesome. I'm really excited for that new opportunity. <laughs>
0: So did you create, like, like what's your business, per se, for doing your assessment part of your practice? Because I'm sure there's other therapists that would like to create assessment or things like that. Like, how did you have to build that business, or how is that different than, like, your mobile therapy practice?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really... A- it came out from a school project so it is different and I feel kind of like a solo person where I don't necessarily know a lot of people to reach out to about having your own assessment tool but I am connected with a lot of researchers um, who have developed tools and who are giving me feedback on the next steps to do research-wise to make it a valid and reliable tool. Um, Luckily right now it's being used by um, researchers, psychology researchers, particularly out of Penn State and Temple University, and they are using it in a large grant-funded study to look at how individuals with autism participate in community activities in rural parts of Pennsylvania, and that's one thing where it really, when I had those people find my website and reach out to me, that gave me that kind of validity that, wow, I've got a tool that people want to use. And, and do more research on. And I really need to get this tool out there to practitioners to really um, use it as a tool to connect with clients. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you started this, like you mentioned in grad
0: school when as a student project, and then after you were finished, did you, is that when you really pursued it even more or did it take off more in grad school?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, when I was in grad school, it really wasn't in my brain that I would be selling this as a project, as a product at the time. It just developed out of a need. I was partnered with a local nonprofit, Outside In, which is uh, a community organization in Portland, Oregon, which provides services to at risk youth. Um, they do a lot of mental health work, and there's a community clinic. They have a large needle exchange for people who have. Been um, using drugs, and they also provide um, transition services for young adults trying to get more career opportunities. And so I was partnered with um, an occupational therapist who worked there, and she actually worked in a different kind of role. Um, but being a student, it was th- t- my thoughts were if I was in this awesome. Op- Um, this awesome outside-in organization as an occupational therapist, what tool would I use to evaluate these young adults who really have a lot of um, opportunity to build skills to get, you know, jobs and housing and to keep furthering their um, personal lives. Um, So within that we were trying to figure out what tools we wanted to use and we kept thinking about how the actual activity card sort Um, would be a cool tool to use with these young adults, but it just wasn't the right match Um, that the activity card sort is a great visual tool, but it's geared more towards older adults Um, and with it in that. So within this opportunity we were able to think about other tools and what, what and then we created the visual activity sort originally calling it the occupation participation sort. And so it's ultimately over 100 cards of different day to day activities, everything from, you know, basic um, ADL activities, but then we also have activities that are like work or school activities like this is emailing and communication. So we include occupations or activities that Um, over all the different areas of occupation that is stated in the occupational therapy practice framework. So ADLs, IADLs, sleep, rest. We also have cards for social participation and leisure activities, and those are separated out, but some of those things can be easily interchanged. Um, But if there is a social component, I put them in the social participation category. Um, And then we also combined play with the leisure activity too. Um, and so you created this in and it had a different
0: name and then you were done with school. And I think you mentioned that one of your instructors or professors encouraged you to pursue it and actually kind of create a business and make this a product.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I, my, last project has been on the internet since 2010 and there's been over 5,000 downloads and there's been people that have reached out to my professor and myself from around the world actually from Australia and Europe and people asking me if this tool is available so over the years I've really developed it into more of a tool I um, have gotten copyrights and everything lined up so that it's a tool that's my property and I can sell it and um There's six different ways to sort the different cards too. So um, it's been developed to really get to know your client. If you want, if it's a new person, you wanna just get to know their interests. You can sort the cards onto different title cards like like or dislike. But we also have sorts to ways to sort it, to gather data on what a client's motivated to do, like what they want to do or don't want to do and um, we have a version for change slash trauma so that would look at if people participate in these activities more or less based on some kind of event maybe they had a mental health event or multiple or a physical event like they you know had a shoulder surgery and they can't do that activity anymore Um, and then recently this summer I was furloughed and I had the opportunity to really dive deep into this. And so I finally committed to writing the manual and getting all the little pieces that I hadn't gotten together f- finalized to be able to publish it and make it a tool for sale. So one good thing happened out of that COVID thing for me was just having the time to really finish this and put it together yeah. for sale.
0: And then did you create like a separate business structure for it or um is it just kind of a sole proprietor type thing or how did you do that and then because i know a lot of people you know have questions well how would i copyright it how do i do this kind of stuff what what kind of
1: stuff that you have to do right now i do have an llc in oregon for the resilient life therapies but my overall thought is that that can encompass both businesses i've got both structured a little bit different differently but both under the same Google suite and I'm, um, but yeah, it is different (laughs) and I kind of need to keep my brain in different compartments with both of my businesses because it's hard when they occupational therapy brain just rolls everything together. Right. Um, Right. But yeah, I've got people I connect with for the visual activity sort, mostly the researchers and other, um, professionals that I'm getting feedback from as well, because I've also sent um, copies around the world, actually, to get feedback from different occupational therapists working in different settings to give me more feedback. And if anybody's interested in connecting with me and has that as an opportunity to get more research for me, that's something I'm looking for too, like occupational therapy, doctorate students or whatnot. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um...
0: Okay, awesome. So I got the visual activity sort and that sort of thing. Let's talk a little bit more, and I know you're still in the process of building your new cash-based business. What do you foresee or do you want to all do with that business?
1: Yeah, within my own business, I really think that after working in schools and working in the clinic, I think there's definitely a big need for both of those services, but I kind of left the clinic because I wanted to work with individuals in their own communities and environments and I think that's one reason why I really like working in the schools but ultimately my business resilient life therapy is is going to combine a little bit of everything I like, but the primary thing I think is to be able to provide services for people in their own communities and then their own homes. Um, So whether it be a five year old with autism or. An 18-year-old who has, um, you know, some mental health stuff going on, and is working on calming, keeping their body calm and regulated, and trying to get a job, or somebody who's 25 and has complex pain issues. Um, I could see working with a lot of different clients to improve their day-to-day life, and I really want to tie in the visual activity sort. Um, I think there's a big use for it because it is a really client-centered tool where we're really looking to get to know the client and what they want to do. And it can be a really effective communication tool as well for people who have cognitive or communication difficulties. It can really even bring about conversations. One thing I've noticed is I've used it with um, people who are, are deaf or hard of hearing and, they've been able to give me more feedback in like a life skills classroom about what they want to do and what they are interested in, or just noticing nuances. Like this individual says they like um, watching movies, but they don't like going to a movie theater. And why, why is that? And so even being able to look at young adults with developmental disabilities and looking at what they want to do and helping them communicate that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: When When is your goal to have your business where you're ready to start seeing clients? Do you have a goal date in mind? I'm really trying to work on seeing clients as soon as possible with the um, visual activity sort launching in the month of April at the Inspire conference. My, a lot of my focus is on that right now but I'm wanting to see clients in the community in Portland, Oregon, as soon as probably May. And this summer, I'm really hoping to ramp it up because I have the summer off where I can really see clients. And I also wanna develop um, programs like day camps and other recreational therapeutic activities within that business as well. Awesome. So when did you first think about wanting to start a business? You know, my parents are entrepreneurs, and so I've always thought about owning my own business, Um, and I think just being on Facebook and seeing a lot of people creating their own businesses has really inspired me. I work for a great company now, but I think um, even just within my own, own career, after I graduated, and became an occupational therapist and worked in more of a medical setting, I thought to myself that I wouldn't necessarily use this tool that I created because I don't have the time to score the assessment and all the other, time. you know, it's productivity is a big issue. So I think that one thing that starting my own business will allow me to do is be flexible with how I'm doing therapy, and providing it in a more evidence-based and ethical way in my, in my experience. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: So what, what kind of businesses or do your parents run or when you say they're entrepreneurs?
1: Oh yeah. My parents, they both, um, my mom was an artist, so she is a graphic artist by trade. And then my father, he went to school to become a, business person. And I think with both of their personalities, they decided together to create a a printing business. So they own a printing company, ePrint in Portland, Oregon. So Oh, that's awesome. Do you utilize them to
0: print your manual and stuff?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do. I think that's probably where the whole, you know, I'm the printer's daughter. So I grew up in the print shop. And I think that's also kind of what's lent me to creating an assessment tool because I sure didn't grow up thinking I'm going to create an assessment tool when I grow up.
0: That's awesome. How cool that pieces together. Well, for those that are interested in creating an assessment tool or starting their own business, um, we always like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast, what tips would you give someone that you know, and you can do either, or that wants to start an own business or assessment tool. Um, If you can share your top five tips with us, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah. I think the number one thing that I have learned is um, networking with people is really important. I heard Aaron in one of the other podcasts or videos say um, networking equals net worth. And that spoke a lot to me because I've made so many connections with people just by reaching out and emailing people, whether it be a professor at a university or a different therapist in my community. Um, So I think networking and just connecting with people, colleagues, and even reaching out to people you haven't worked with in 10 years because you never know what they're up to now as well. Um, And then the second thing I think I would recommend is start doing, getting more comfortable with doing presentations and webinars and talking about, your own business um, I know that I've present started presenting at my local state conference not necessarily about my business but about things like trauma-informed care and interoception and things that I've been really interested in and I think just by doing those presentations it's gotten me more comfortable with talking about my own businesses that is a huge one um... And I don't know if anyone has mentioned that
0: before during our podcast, but you know, people ask like, what do you say when you talk to people and this and that, but you know, I'm so used to presenting or talking or, you know, and the more you practice and then the easier things are to roll off, whether whoever you're talking to and whatever you're talking about. So that's a great tip. I love it.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I think it's really helped me a lot and it's been good to even just go back and watch those videos of myself when I didn't think I was doing very well because I was able to give myself a little bit more confidence that it went better than I expected. Um, But yeah, the third tip I would say is to really stay organized. And that's something that I know I've struggled with. I've got things all over my desktop, on my computer and things, but staying organized can be really helpful with making sure that you know where to find things and um, keeping things in print and in digital form is helpful for me. I created my own kind of business finder with all the resources from the cash-based program, and that's been really helpful because I've got everything organized in, in one place. Um, and then also, I think really it's important for people to follow their passion. I know I had a little conflict with some coworkers last year, and somebody said, said that I have some unchecked passions and the things they mentioned were like handwriting and introception And I'm like, I'm not passionate about handwriting. I'm just, I'm just passionate about OT. And why are you telling me to check my passions? So, you know, <laughs> here we go. I'm, I'm just going to do my own thing and make my passions go towards my business <laughs> a little yeah. bit more. That's awesome. Um, and I think one thing too, that I've really had to step back and Take advice from with Aaron and Alicia and my course that I'm taking is to really take things step by step, and not to take on too much at once, um, because I know I've got a lot of a lot of ideas going in a lot of different directions, both for the visual activity sort and for. Um, resilient life therapies and I've thought about oh maybe I should go and open up some businesses on the coast or do other things and yeah I need to like simmer down and just do one one thing at a time and and give myself some credit for the time use because I know it feels like sometimes I'm not spending my time wisely but I think I am accomplishing a lot it's just (laughs) What looks funny with where does the time go when you have so many different passions?
0: Right, and that's so important. Um, and I tell people that, and I'm one of the worst ones to follow that. And then I hit kind of like a roadblock and I'm like, okay, I can't do it all. You need to focus, you need to streamline it. And we've even, we're modifying our therapy business builder program, um, our bigger program, and we're breaking it down into levels because so many people really need to kind of simmer down and focus. Um, And then when they're with, you know, all of these therapists doing all of these different things then they're like, Oh, I should do that or this or that. And um, yeah, really bringing it down, focusing and you have time to do other things, but focus on what you really need to right now. So that's awesome. And now the cash-based business builder program is, you know, a new program that we recently launched and I've kind of lost track. How many is it? How many weeks have you guys been going with that? Um, we're currently in week 10. Okay. Okay. So you're getting there because it's a 12 week program. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, anything else? Oh, I know I had a question. And we kind of talked about this just a little bit, um, but I would just like to review this before um, ending the podcast. But because I've utilized the activity card sort um, in when I taught um, at the community college and so forth, mostly I haven't utilized it in um, practice, but I'm super excited to utilize this in my therapy practice. And you talked about um, how... The differences between the visual activity sort and the activity card sort is that this one is geared
1: more towards all ages. Is that kind of what? Yeah, I haven't really put an age bracket in there because I think it could be a really useful tool with people of all ages. I'm kind of thinking middle school through adulthood. Um, And yeah, the we have six different ways to sort, which I forgot to mention previously. So we have the interest and we have the motivation and then change and trauma, but I've also added three more ways to sort. And one is a pain scale. So you can really look at a client's perceived pain with different activities. They might have a zero out of five pain at, for an activity like napping, but then you know you pull out the yard work card and they might say, oh yeah, I've got a five out of five pain when I'm doing yard work. And it really has that visual component of um, just like really having people think about what the task has encompassed. So I think we can also break down and task analyze that too, which can be helpful and skill that as occupational therapists we're, Experts in, um, and then the two other ways to sort the activities are based on emotions. So they you can sort the cards too, based on, and onto visuals like happy, sad, frustrated. Um, so and these are really these have the visuals on there too. Um, the the and the final version, way to sort the cards is on performance ability. So I'm pulling up the cards to. But they are they're color coded, so like these ones are all part of the um, performance ability sort. So we have um, how people rate their level of assist, needing the act- doing the activity, and then the pain one is also a visual emoji. And then, but then for people who have those cognitive difficulties and we really are just looking at like or dislike we just have Mm -hmm. have a happy face and sad face and neutral card so ultimately there's so many different ways to use the visual activity sort and I I left it kind of as a interpretation tool that people can use within however they see it. We do have standard ways for the tool to be used, but I think it's also a tool that people can just have in their therapy toolkit, and you might pull out cards and and create conversations about about activities and what people want to be able to get back to doing. Right. Um, The pictures
0: are, I mean, are more modern and up-to-date than some of the assessments out there.
1: Where did you get the pictures at? Did you take yeah. them, or did you find them somewhere? Or Yeah, that, for the original occupation participation sort, I did just find activities on the internet, and we, t- we took pictures of the youth in the community, so um, when I first developed it, I didn't have legal rights to be able to use it as a developed tool, so within all of the activities, I've worked with Um, other occupational therapists to give me feedback on if the picture, the graphic is a good representation of the activity performed. Um, So I got feedback and I surveyed 28 occupational therapists and they all either agreed or strongly agreed that this would be a useful tool in their practice, um, which was really great feedback to hear. But the pictures have been purchased through a um, a web, a website where you can purchase photographs so they're all legally my okay okay
0: yeah I didn't know if maybe like you took pictures or yeah you had them that way so that's cool and then my last question on it is why did you change the name Um, occupation one to the visual activity sort
1: well, originally I had developed it as a tool for occupational therapists, but after having psychology researchers and other physical therapists and p- professionals from different fields um, give me feedback about it, they thought it, I've gotten a lot of feedback that it would be a very useful tool it, for different professionals, even teachers or social workers to use. So I changed the name to visual activity sort kind of because of you know that confusing word of occupation and people in the different career fields don't necessarily know that we're meaning activities and the de- things that occupy our time. So I did want to change the name to visual activity sort to just make it more clear and just to help with that clarity for different professionals to use it. And if people want to purchase this tool, where do they
0: go to purchase it?
1: So. Uh, website is visualactivitysort.com www.visualactivitysort.com
0: awesome well thank you so much katie for being on we'll post your information your email your website for those um, listening to the podcast so you can find out more from katie and check out the different resources so best of luck with the upcoming um, virtual presentation and with furthering your businesses. So thank you so much for being on the Next Level Occupational Therapy Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's show, which is sponsored by our Therapy Business Builder Program, where we help healthcare professionals start the business of their dreams from the ground up. Also, be sure to join our free Next Level Occupational Therapy Facebook group, And for even more support, guidance, and training, check out our Next Level Visionary Membership Group. Time to level up, occupational therapy professionals.